Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. We're trying to check up on what the heck is going on with the IRS scandal. Lots of breaking news today. Fortunately, we've got the Weekly Standard's own Mark Hemingway, who's on top of it. Mark, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on once again. You know, it's interesting. The uh, This is one of those stories that it's frustrating to me that you have a, a scandal, whatever, an issue that involves normal people. It should inspire passion because these are, you know, like people like my mom who start these 501c4s and try to get involved. And clearly they've been mistreated, and yet it seemed to be moving not just off the back burner but off the stove. Am I wrong to think that in the last week in particular things have really picked up and the magnitude of the scandal is starting to become apparent yet again? Well, yeah, no, th- that's absolutely true. I mean, it started with uh, the President Obama's interview with Bill O'Reilly before the Super Bowl, where the president foolishly said that there there wasn't, quote, a smidgen of corruption at the IRS. Now, I mean, the IRS has already apologized for targeting conservatives. Right. Um, you know, that was how the scandal broke. So, I mean, to suggest there wasn't, you know, any corruption at all is, is just ridiculous, and the IRS has, has already admitted it. Um and, you know, and at the time it was damning, which is why the president got out in front of it, at least initially. But after a while, they decided they could just keep trying to sweep this under the rug. But since then, there's been a steady drip of information that's, that's made that impossible. It just keeps blowing up in their faces every time they downplay it. And what are the significant things that we've learned uh, in the last few days, but in particular today's hearings uh, in the House? What has come out, and I don't know whether this was in the House hearings or not, is that Lois Lerner, the woman at the IRS who was at the center of the scandal, um, conspired to draft new regulations uh, for governing 501c4 um, um, nonprofit entities, um, political action groups, basically, um, but did this in secret. Now, the 501c4 re- um, regulations used to um, determine what political activity, um, uh, you know, political groups can and can engage in and still remain nonprofit hadn't been changed in something like 50 years. And the idea that this one woman, uh, and, and I guess she was involved with another person in the IRS, would do this in secret is, you know, it's just a huge scandal, um, particularly since, uh, you know, these are regulations that have stood the test of time. And absolutely nobody was going out of their way to, um, you know, question them or, or thought that they were, you know, inappropriate. I mean, it just seemed to be her way of legislating in response to the Supreme Court's decisions on campaign finance. So normally when you have changes in tax law, my understanding is they, you know, it's all out in the open. They post stuff and they yeah. have hearings on it, whatever. And then you have this bizarre email of, hey, let's work on this little thing off book or off record, whatever it is. That, why? How can the White House stand by and say there's no scandal when they've got this smoking gun email sitting in their lap? Yeah, no, they absolutely can't. Um, um, and, and it's, it's just, I, I don't know what, what the president thinks he's, he's, he's doing by, but downplaying the fact that there's no corruption here. I mean, there, there's an investigation that's currently ongoing. Um, this information was just revealed by the house and house committee on ways and means, you know, if the president was on top of these things and he was actually concerned about these things, he know that all this stuff is ongoing and he know that it's just incredibly foolish to tell somebody that, uh, uh you know, tell the, you know, the, the America that there's not a smidgen of corruption here. You know, the idea here would be that, especially if this is your administration, you know, you'd want to know the facts before you come out and say these things. Right. And the president doesn't seem terribly concerned about that. And what's interesting to me, too, is that there's not a lot of disagreement 
uh, you know, about what fundamentally happened here, that uh, overwhelmingly people who were involved in the Tea Party movement or, or conservative groups found themselves in this sausage grinder mess of how to deal mm-hmm. with it. Now we have the White House announcing, well, 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 we're going to have to change all the rules for all of you 501c4s, when in fact, as the Wall Street Journal wrote today, I think we've had the same law since 1958, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. 54, 58. Yeah. And there's never been yeah, a problem. Good. And only when Republican or conservative or anti-Obama groups started using, attempting to use the law, suddenly the law became problematic, a law that no one had a problem with for half a century. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, you, 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 you hit on what, what I think is sort of the essential fact here is that the White House's defense here that, that there's no corruption is that this was all done innocently. It just right. happens that an overwhelming number of conservative groups were targeted as opposed to groups with other political bents. And that, that, that doesn't even get into the specific nature of the IRS's request to these groups, you know, asking what, you know, prayers they made and other ridiculous things like that. Um, and, you know, and then there's also the other, you know, issues here involving the people behind these regulations. You know, Lois Lerner, um, she was involved in a major scandal when she worked at the SEC involving the targeting of, you know, uh, conservative groups. Um, and, uh, so it just seems to me that, you know, it, it is really premature um, to, to pronounce uh, this scandal over. Having said that, um, it's also true that the president has a very compliant media for the most part. Right. Um, and uh, they uh, um, have not exactly doggedly followed this story, well, you know, day to day. Well, here's a perfect example. So initial re- I, I, sorry to interrupt, but here's a perfect example. You have the group True the Vote. Uh, mm-hmm. who were testifying today in front of uh, Congressman Cumming. You know, he's the ranking Democrat on the committee. And th- this group claims they have three letters with letterhead from the committee of Congressman Cummings asking someone to look into their group, you know, the IRS, to look into their group. And yeah. she's sitting, how can that, you know, it's in, in a normal world of media coverage, if somebody from the Watergate Hotel were going to appear before Richard Nixon, you know what I'm saying? There'd be coverage of, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. She's talking about this in front of the committee. The press had no idea that this allegation was even there and th- that she was, in fact, filing a complaint saying, I've been singled out by this congressman on this committee, on my group, and he's uh, improperly used his power as a sitting member of Congress. And no, I just... For the press to have this little knowledge, I also think for the average person to not know. When an average person hears this, you know, allegations like this, members of Congress saying IRS go get them. I think normal people who don't even follow politics go, wow, that's way over the top. No, I, I think that's very true here. And and the other thing here is just what the problem with this sort of thing, and especially when you don't pay any attention to it, is just the normalization of it. And right. now we all know media bias exists. Um, and, you know, clearly if they were targeting left-wing groups in the Republican administration, there'd be a lot more noise made about it. But the reality is, is you know, having been through this scandal, you know, um, uh, um, the way that we have, right. I mean, I have a hard time imagining if, say, you know, conservative president were to target liberal groups that, that at this point in time, the media would make, you know, uh, as big a deal as they needed to even in that case. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that, that they're just – we're there's so many things about what the government does that are either ideological or non-ideological that are unfair to citizens, and the, the, the media just doesn't seem to care about it. And this is the, uh, the point, the, 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 what you talked about, kind of having the outrage go away, having us assume 
that if you are on the wrong team politically, well, of course, you as a you know store owner or a mom yep. are going to pay a price for it. I, I ran a campaign in Chicago for a Republican, yes, and lived to tell about it, Mark. And we had people all the time tell us, oh, I can't register as Republican. I can't tell anyone Republican. Uh, my, the roll cart that gets taken out for trash, they'll just come and take it from me, and I won't have, be able to legally have my trash taken away if they find out I'm a Republican. And the people of Chicago live this way, and I would say to them, why do you put up? Well, it's the Chicago way, and now apparently it's the American way. Yeah, well, it's not not a coincidence uh, that uh, President Obama right. hails from Chicago in that respect. But yeah, um, I you know once once uh, this, this sort of factionalizing you know um, uh, this sort of you know uh, um, um, you know take no prisoners you know approach sure. to politics uh, just becomes accepted. I mean, I I, I just don't know um, where it where it ends up. Right. I mean, you know, we were all supposed to be equal, you know, in, mm-hmm. in with regard to the law and uh, the fact if you're if you're a liberal Democrat and you're you're shrugging because you know this they didn't come after you this time, you know, then I I really think that you're in for a world of hurt. You know, if 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 if, you, if when you know when somebody you don't like is in power. One last question. Lois Lerner is going to have to talk at some point. Uh, is there going to be a move to either grant her, uh, you know, uh, immunity? We're going to wait till she publishes her memoirs after <laughs> President Obama leaves office. When, when do you think we hear? Do you agree that we'll have to hear from her? And when do you think we will? Um, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, um, it just depends on you know how much she's hiding. Uh, she may have pretty substantial. Uh, um, uh, incentive to you know plead the fifth sure. and stick to it. Um, I suspect that you know it would be further down the line if they were facing criminal. If she was facing serious criminal charges, she would cut a deal. Um, but as of now, I mean, she's just looking at you know preserving her pension. So um, I don't see. I, I, at some point, she might be compelled to testify, but it would depend on you know wholly different circumstances arising, and I, I don't know what those would be yet. Mark Hemingway with the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us and updating us on the IRS scandal story. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.